Welcome back to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Charlie, it has been a very interesting period of time. Have you ever seen the meme of uh, that lovely, I won't say his occupation, where he's standing in an empty pool and swinging on a single swing by himself, just waiting? He looks at me like this. <laughs> well, he's just kind of screwed it for everyone who listens to this thing. And it got me thinking, it was like, I've sat at McDonald's before and every time they've put down a tray, I'm like, is that my food? Is that my food? Or I've like stand, stood out the front of a restaurant before, ordered an Uber. And I'm like, is that my Uber? Is that my Uber? And I was doing this in my inbox. You know what I was waiting for, Charlie? Your McDonald's meal? No, I was waiting for the newsletter because oh. <laughs> I, I had headed over to business and investing dot com forward slash newsletter. I'd put in my name and email and I was sitting there. I was waiting. Just waiting. And every time an email came in, I'm like, is that it? No. Is that we it? We might have to ask people to resubscribe. Do they what does magically fall off an email list? So if you're listening to this and you were in the same world that I was in for a very long period of time, well, it actually wasn't that long, it was a couple of weeks. Uh head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email and if you can't remember if you've done it already, go and do it again. Why not? Do it three times, do it four times. We'll figure it out. Charlie, let's cue your infamous disclaimer. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's uh, address this elephant in the room, Charlie. Why did you decide to put the podcast on pause? Because there, it was you. You're the reason. You want the truth? I can't handle the truth. You completely destroyed my life. <laughs> well, there you go. You're and not the only is, one. Hazel says the same thing to me. There's a strange amount of truth in that comment, Grant. There's a strange amount of truth. But before I get to that, I want to start with something here. The amount of people that reached out to myself or Grant in the time when the podcast stopped and just asked the question of when is the show coming back? I hope it's coming back. What's going on? Because they wanted to hear from us was truly overwhelming. It was. I, and I'm thoroughly appreciative for it too. I didn't think we had that many people that listened to the show. I always knew that Bum listened to it, but I didn't know anyone else did. <laughs> well, think about it, right? If, if a podcast I like stops releasing episodes, Right? It's one thing to just go, oh, they stopped releasing episodes and you kind of just move on with your life and find another show, which if that is you, come back to this show now. Um, but to actually reach out and message the people that host the show and say, hey, what's the deal? When's the episode coming out? I'm, I'm getting itchy. Right? That, that's only a segment. So um, the idea being, and this is not an exaggeration, I think I got over 30 messages in the first few weeks of the show not being published asking for episodes. And it was uh, amazing. So I just want to say thank you to all the fans out there. Appreciate everybody, for sure. All right. Now I'm going to get into how Grant destroyed my life and how he ruined this podcast and I've had to save it, um, bring it back from the dead. All right. So I want you to imagine this. Grant, Grant comes to me earlier in the year and he says, Charlie, I think I've spotted something that uh, people aren't paying attention to. I said, what, Grant? And he's like, I perceive across this year that ads, so specifically Facebook and Google ads, are going to fall into a huge demand in this economic environment 
as interest rates go up, businesses are not just going to take that on the chin. They're going to see their expenses going up and then they're going to want to generate more business to cover their rising debt costs if they've got a mortgage or rising staff costs or whatever comes with it. So ads is going to be the in-demand service for this year. To which I said to Grant, you're crazy. It's a terrible idea. That's a, you haven't spotted anything at all. It turns out you were right. It was a little, little bit of a, a wave, a little bit of a tailwind. Just a touch. Now, the implications of Grant finding this trend is that we retooled our media agency. So we went from an agency like that was, I don't know, doing a good amount of podcasts and a little bit of ads to now we are a business that is dominated by ads and does a little bit of podcasting and media stuff. So we've made a huge shift across the business and retooling it. And the demand that has come with that has been, well, I'm going to use the word exponential. It's far exceeded my expectations. And you and I have dabbled in this space like in past life. It has come it has come full circle greater than I've anticipated. And to like stack onto exactly what you shared, there was a statistic that came out probably like six months ago, give or take, around the volume of businesses that were closing their doors, primarily in, in Australia. And you and I had this fantastic conversation of like, okay, well, what does this mean? And we talked about how it was a separation between there are going to be a lot of business owners who are constrict, right? They go, cool, I need to ride this wave out. So a lot of their clients were canceling their services, primarily if they were B2B services. And they're like, I'm just going to weather the storm, batten down the hatches, reduce the team size, and just deal with my core client base. And I might get another couple of clients and that'll be it. And I said, then there'll be other people who will just close their doors. And then there'll be this fantastic group who think the same way that you and I think, Charlie, who are going, oh, this is my time to shine. I'm not going to compress. I'm not going to close the doors. I'm not going to do anything. I need to scale beyond what I've ever done before. And they are the key people. I'm like, these one, these individuals who run these businesses are looking for people to assist them with ads, with generating leads also from a sales perspective and all this other stuff that they directly need to grow what they want and need to grow outside of just compressing and waiting. I know I've already said this, but I feel like I should say it on the podcast. Well spotted. I didn't see it. I admit I was blind to this. I have to give you full credit on spotting the trend and the execution of it, but what a smart move that was. Just drag you back into agency land. That's all I've ever wanted. Like That was on my personal diary every day that I write it down. I'm like, drag Charlie back to agency, drag (laughs) down. I'm like, ads, 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 and I did it. To be transparent is uh, both of us have done a lot of ads in our time uh, as well as this. So it's one thing to spot the opportunity. We already had the skills to execute on this. It wasn't like we had to learn ads from scratch or we hadn't run agencies before, or in my case, run an ad agency before. So it was um, a noticeable move. It was a huge reminder to me is like being in a position where you're open-minded enough to seize opportunities like this when they come. It would have been very easy for us to just like, much like your reference earlier, to batten down and like not make the move. Completely. Especially because we were on such a good wicket anyway. It's like, why would you change? Why would you try to level up? Like, it's just the opportunity cost. Huge. So that's what we've been doing. Now, should we set some context around that? I mean, I I put this up on uh, social and I got a a few kind of like, whoa, I didn't realize that was going on. Like, we got more than 60 staff now. No, right. (laughs) So we're... 
where I disappeared to was uh, batting down the recruitment hatches at scale and scale and scale to support the demand that's come from it. Like it has just, it has been a tidal wave, not just a little wave that's kind of come in. It has been a huge wave. Do you think that wave will continue? Definitely do. Like the, <laughs> the point, Len, you've got a waiting list. Like there's more just, how do we, how do we fill the team behind it whilst also making sure that we deliver top quality, top notch quality to people who are there? Yeah, and I loved your comment before about the people that want to grow and take market share when there's like economic uncertainty. You are my type of people. They are the moments where you can make exponential gains. And, uh, you know, shameless plug, if you are someone that does want to grow via ads, we are the guys. Hit us up. Send me a message. We, we got that. The other interesting thing was at that same point of when we were taking a break, they were taking a break. There were a couple of other things that popped up as well. Does it look a bit different where I am? It's going to say, I'm trying to tell. Totally trying to deflect away from myself, by the way, being the problem. Don't worry, we're going to get to you. We're going to get to you, your personal circumstances. I, I guess that's other. Well, what have we? Why did we stop the pod? That was a, a huge reason for it. But we also had some life stuff going on. So I'll go first, and then we're going to deep dive into your personal circumstances. All right, ready for it? So I moved house, and if anyone didn't pick up uh, from who's watching the podcast right now, I actually uh, moved from a four bedroom home in the suburbs. I'm actually living in an apartment in the city now. It's a gorgeous apartment though. Love the building. I love it. It's it's a, a huge lifestyle shift, a dream of mine that I, I always wanted to do. So I'm so thrilled to be able to experience that. It's It's been a huge, huge win. What's been the number one thing that you're like, oh my gosh, living in an apartment? And don't say bin shoots because to me, that is the greatest thing. I've all claiming everything since I moved out of home. I have never once dealt with rubbish day. Never in my life. Ever, ever, ever. Never dealt with it. Don't even know how it feels. All right. I can't believe the bin shoot's coming up on the podcast already, <laughs> but we're going to discuss the bin shoot. So for someone that's always uh, lived in the suburbs and had a, a house, like the thing you have to do is often like take the bin out. Like I, I only in contrast of now living in a apartment, do I realize how much of my life has been consumed with operating the waste management of the house, <laughs> right? Putting the bin out, bringing the bin in, right? Which week's of recycling, which week's uh, green waste. Green waste, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneaking out early when you've got too much stuff to put things in your neighbor's bin. Or like separating out like the cardboard. So, like this week and then the next fortnight and the next fortnight because uh, it's not going to fit. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I got, I got no idea. I didn't realize how much of a. I was being held a prisoner, captive to bin night. Anyway, <laughs> when you live in an apartment, there's just this magical shoe. You just walk down, drop it in the shoe. <laughs> See ya. It's gone. If you've got hard rubbish, you just ring the concierge and say, yep, get yep. rid of this. Something smelly, just gone. Doesn't matter. Uh, it is actually life changing. Um, so that's one side of it. But if if I had to say, um, what has been the like best thing about uh being in an apartment so far, it's the ultra conveniences and low maintenance, right? So I don't think people necessarily realize how much time they spend like maintaining a house through things like a garden, for example, where it's like I don't have a garden anymore. Or when you have an apartment and like you have, uh, for example, like there's a there's a pool and a gym in my building where in my previous home, maybe I had a pool and a gym where it's like I had to maintain and look after those things. Yep. Where now it's like there's so much less stuff to do that. I've like actually gaining time every week. Become it. It's actually a lot uh, easier to live. And then the other side of things is like what's within 15 minutes of me is like exponential. Everything. Pretty much everything. <laughs> just everything. So, like, getting in that walking lifestyle in has been there. But um, I, I just quick, quickly want to touch on the, the why you made the change. Can I tell that story? All right, go for it. I'll let you. I'll give you a couple of minutes. All right. So, uh, uh, 
in this time as well was actually uh, Bianca's, I'll say a milestone birthday. I won't say which milestone it was because, well, should I don't think you should ever na- name the age of a lady. No, I was going to say, everyone should celebrate the 21st, man. Let's be exactly. real. Exactly. Well played. Um, we're at uh, Bianca's birthday dinner and uh, on the way, which you were there, by the way, on the way home from that dinner, we were staying at a nice uh, hotel and Bianca actually uh, looked over to me and she asked me the question of like, when are we actually going to start living our dreams? Like, if not now, when? And whenever you have a milestone uh, birthday, the idea being is you're taking a bit of an assessment in this stage of life where you're going, we're not young anymore. Like, there is actually a limited amount of time left on this world. And if you've got a list like mine of things you want to do, like not getting after it, like you're going to run out of time to essentially do them. And one of the dreams that was on my list has always been to live in an apartment of Melbourne. It's something I've I've wanted to experience, like the whole lifestyle that comes with an apartment, the going to the restaurants, the going to the South Melbourne market, to be where the action is, to be able to go to the tennis or the F1, right, and, and be in those things, which, by the way, the vibe around grand final day uh, in Melbourne around that weekend is phenomenal. The energy off the city is um, very, very inspiring, not to mention the networking people. So we. Uh, Finished Bianca's birthday and like, honestly, I didn't sleep that night. I was sitting there and like, I had noticed that I'd kind of fallen into the, uh, I don't want to say keeping up with the Joneses, but certainly the kids' lifestyle. Like when you do have kids, your life starts to revolve around them. And I realized a lot of the dreams and ambitions I'd had, I'd kind of said, oh, we'll get back to that someday. Get back to that someday. And I was like, well, after the comment Bianca made, I was like, no, we got to start doing this stuff now. So after that um, dinner, I was like, hard move we're going and uh very fortunately Bianca was incredibly supportive of the goals and dreams i have and things like that as of i of hers where she's like fuck it let's go so we elected to fulfill this one and it's going really well so far it could have gone terrible right like what if uh jack didn't take to apartment life yeah, right? totally. which he freaking loves it by the way do you know who wins the most out of the building facilities yeah. jack <laughs> totally. anyway but i always look at these things it's like what does Keith Cunningham say? It's, it's always like, oh, what's the potential upside? What's the potential downside? Can you live with the downside? And the one stage layer that I look at from the other side of it is like, what does it cost to reverse the decision? And it was like, nothing. exactly. It was like nothing. It's like, oh, well, you just, just a, it's a, it might be a lease or it might be a great. Well, if I bought an apartment, I'll just sell the apartment or I'll just rent it out to someone else. Like, there's always like this. This decision where it's like, well, that's not actually that great of a cost. <laughs> if you try it and you love it, then you're going to be like, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. But if you try it and you hate it or it doesn't work, it's like, well, okay, well, I can just go and push this thing back into the ether and it doesn't matter. Right. Like it's, uh, I had the exact same view of like when I picked up riding motorcycles. It's like, yes, there are some additional dangers to riding a motorcycle. But I'm like, if I hit 80 or on my deathbed and I looked back and I said, well, I never had that season. I'd be so disappointed. I'd be so frustrated that I never tried it, right? Because I never knew I would have liked it or not liked it. And it's the exact same thing. It's like, it doesn't matter. You can just push it back and just move back to the burbs in a four-bedroom place. It's like, it doesn't matter. That's such a good point. It really is. And it's very easy to live your life by default instead of through intention and the things you want to uh, really experience and look back fondly on when you're 80 to that point there. And I'm totally stealing B's question of like, if not now, then when? Yeah. It's an incredibly powerful question and it's inspired other things I will take more seriously down the road as well after this season. I swear um, you asked me that about this podcast too. 
Like if we don't I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> so if we don't start it, restart it now, then when? And I'm like, oh man, you totally did that. <laughs> it's a power question, baby. Power question. Power question. <laughs> All right. So that's what I've been getting up uh getting up to in the time. Grant, what have you been doing this time? Have you been enjoying your break? Yeah, just, just been out. just been chilling out, just doing absolutely nothing. No, so obviously agency was a major component of it. But also, so I disappeared to Europe for quite a bit. It was, and it was literally the day after you moved because now we live near each other. <laughs> I'm just like jet set and it just disappeared. So I actually utilized the time that we had away from the podcast where Hazel went across to Europe for like a month and a half and I went and joined her for a couple of weeks and just enjoyed the, in, enjoyed the scenery of what was Spain, Greece, and Italy, which are three of my most favorite Wait, countries. Did you enjoy life a little bit instead <laughs> of? Being a workaholic, unbelievable. Just, just a little bit. And you know what? Usually I'd take a podcast microphone with me when I traveled. And I still did, just in case we were doing the podcast, although I just didn't use it. <laughs> I love that. I love Hazel's that so like, do you, do you need this thing? I'm like, no. I, I know Charlie and I know myself that we'll get to a point where we'll probably want to record this thing just in case I did a packet. Yeah, so enjoyed myself. I, I've been to Europe many times. I absolutely love it. And uh, nothing's quite better than getting away to Europe to get away from the Melbourne winters. So that was like the the major thing that I did. But then in addition to that, just as we sort of held off recording for the podcast, I actually did additional work on on myself with a gentleman who you've worked with as well, Charlie, which is a guy called Jamin Fraser. Shout out to him, where I was actually looking at working through a couple of glass ceilings that I had seen within myself um, around decisions that you and I we're actually looking at making it business where the agency wasn't one of the only things that we were looking to dive into. We were looking at other sort of opportunities that we were seeing. We don't give too much away. We'll, we'll tell more about that momentarily. And, and there were some decisions that I was like, I'm like, naturally, this should just be a yes. But for some reason, I'm not running towards them. And I'm like, what is in my own way as to why, like what is a limiting belief that I have or some kind of insecurity that I have that is leading me not towards running to these opportunities and instead staying where I'm at. And it was just the question of going, well, what is this that led me into reading more of Jamin's books, doing his sort of precursor course, then actually working directly with him. Uh, and now I'm on the other side of it. It's similar to what you've said about it on the podcast before. It's like one of the most amazing things I think I've ever done at this stage of life and business. Do you agree with this statement? Personal development for business owners is the neglected area where they could get a significant level up in their business. It's just that it doesn't necessarily connect in a tangible way, like improving marketing skills. Totally. Like the feedback loop is, uh, and this is why they call it the feedback loop is non-existent, which is why they call it the glass ceiling, right? Like you cannot see a glass ceiling, which means that the second you break through it, it's, like, oh, it's almost like you look back and go, well, what was the difference? What did I not know before that I now know? And that is where the personal development comes into it because a lot of the time, from my experience anyway, and I won't speak on behalf of anyone else, it was these un or intangibles that I wasn't aware of that were actually creating the limits that I had formed. Like and it's just like, well, how do you describe that to anybody? Right? It's like when you're trying to do when you're trying to do sales and marketing, it's like, did you get more leads? Yes. 
Have you had more conversations with those leads? Yes. Have you had more sales? Yes. Like it's so tangible. It's so easy to see the figures. Oh, this works. Do more. Yeah, do more. It's like, okay, cool. Well, uh, we're not having as many conversations with these leads. It's like, great. We'll just improve the process, right? Hire a new person, change the way that you're doing it. But when it comes to personal development, you don't have that feedback loop. It's almost like you just don't know what's in the way, which is why you need to work on yourself until you can figure out what is not in the way. And I'm sure we can do an entire podcast episode around what I'd done previously and why I thought this was the best next step for me to get through my next glass ceiling, et cetera. Um, but it was, it was something that has changed fundamentally how I see the world and also changed how I approach the opportunities that you and I run towards. It's also been very profitable since you and I have been <laughs> doing personal development. If you lined up when we started doing personal development courses against our P&L, Correlation. Yes. <laughs> there is a definite and causation, causation I directly. I, um, I just think there's this cycle because I, I'd experienced this earlier and we've discussed this on the pod, but this is the thing, right? So, what will happen is that I will level up some way personally. So, it starts there. That leads to activities in business at a higher level, which then leads to increased results. But, but then there's a plateau. You just reach a new level. But then the cycle, you can kickstart that cycle again yourself. So I've just found that it's not necessarily just improving business skills that will relate, um, actually get you through to that next point. It can certainly be a part of it. But these other areas, which another one I'll mention is the influence of peers and mentors, mm-hmm. right? Really? If you change the people you hang around, you can often get a significant level up from that or you change your location. Like that's one of the areas. Personal development is another. And then, of course, business skills is the other. But my finding is people pay way too much, like overvalue business skills, undervalue the other two areas where it's like all three of them can provide immense levels up, in my uh, opinion. I like that. And in addition to that, I almost evaluate the people who are around me based on how many challenges they're putting in front of themselves and how much change they're looking to try and make. And it doesn't need to be aligned. Like I've, I have friends that aren't complete business owners and investors like I am. But just the change and the way that they adapt to things around them is almost infectious, right? It's like, it's like, oh, like Hazel, for example, do like programs around better weightlifting and new, better nutrition and stuff. And just seeing that change in her makes me want to change more in me. And that, that has just got such a positive influence. And then yourself and other friends as well. And I just go, it's almost like seeking those people is key. So key. Yeah. Let's delve into some other areas. Uh, I mean, I do want to talk about, actually, I want to ask you this question. Screw it. It's our podcast. Have you enjoyed the challenge of scaling an agency again? Yes. It's actually like rekindled. Like you said, like we're, we're over 60 people now. Like it's, it is now a larger organization than I would have thought. And I'm, I don't know, I'm having the greatest time ever. The team is crushing, clients are wrapped, and I'm just sitting there looking at this going, all of the mistakes that I had made in my previous agency, like over a decade ago, I get to not make them in this one. Oh my God, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I, it's been a healing experience for me. It ha- when I finished my first ad agency, I was like at the end of it, never again. Yeah, never totally. again. Because um, to be honest, I was flying by the seat of my pants. I'd grown a business past my capability and created an absolute just mess. But um, this time I've, with new perspective, new skills, all the rest of it is like it's been the opportunity to, you know, right the wrongs of previous times. It completely. 
it almost like proved to myself that I was like, see, Grant, you knew it. You you have matured. You are a better business owner now than you ever were before. Did also point out probably would have done pretty well if we, we stuck at it. Yeah. Like, right then. I was like, yeah. oh, that hurts. <laughs> it's like my friends who have like been doing the same business for like 20 years and I look back and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but, yes, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, dude, the clients are awesome. Team's awesome. I. Uh, it's just the camaraderie between you and I is always is just awesome. It's just it's it's almost like the change of an agency going from what was a grind back in like my previous life to something that's enjoyable, like something completely. It's reignited the spark for business. Yeah, it, 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 it really has. has for me. I won't speak for you. No, it, it totally has for me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I've just I have thoroughly enjoyed it and just been yeah, just been having fun along the road. What about you? I've- I found I go through waves, right? It's like uh, initially when I started my business, I was obsessed with business and I was for a good duration of time, I might add. And then when I discovered like property and investing, as much as I did not not love my business, I was just obsessed with wealth building. Um, now I'm back and obsessed with business again. Like I'm Seasons, actually, man. which is, I can't believe I'm saying this, is I feel like I'm more obsessed with business than I am investing at the moment. <gasps> Bless me. You shan't. Not we'll that I think it. investing no. is uh, not important, but it's a perfect segue into the next topic from here. Of like we've been, we've been doing some stuff in investing as well. Go on. You, I'll let you go first. You go first. Oh, so um, in the time we have not been recording, I've actually sold two properties. <laughs> Do tell more. They were disasters. No, no. <laughs> I'm like, dude. I'm like, I was sitting there going, why? At the All time, right, I'll go through them one by one quickly, and then we'll get to yours. Um, one property I sold is because it had done so damn well that the chances of it continuing to do well near impossible. Um, so this property had grown an astronomical amount of t- uh, in under it was just over two year period. And when I looked at the outlook of the expected returns ongoingly. This is something where it's like it's done really well. There's a huge potential to make a very profitable transaction here, which we're talking like over six figures. Right. So there's more than a hundred grand of profit. There's more than two hundred grand of profit in this. Right. I'm just gonna be as transparent as I can without, you know, trying to push financial advice and all that shit you get in trouble for. Um anyway, so opportunity spotted from there, perfect time to do an exit. As much as I uh was battling with the idea of to sell it or not, it was a good decision. So uh, what is it? You can't go broke from pregnant, taking a profit. I was going to say, I'm like, it's like taking the wins at the casino. Like, yeah, as long as you take the wins and walk out, you like, no one's ever going to be upset. Well, what it ultimately felt to is I was like, if I sold this property and paid and paid the tax, right? Because there's tax to pay on this. Could I better use that capital than where it is currently sitting? And yes, I can. I see opportunities, good opportunities. Um, so that was property number one. The second one I sell though, this is this is a bit of a different story though. This one I sold because the plan I had for this property has changed. Oh. So I bought this property, which was a development site and uh, had the intention of buying it, uh, splitting it, and then building a second dwelling on the property. And to be clear, it's actually in a good area. I don't discern the area of where I bought it or the reasons I bought it, but he, here's what's um, changed in that way for me in a really big way is going that the viability of developing. So I'd gone in with this the attitude that it's like developers are getting a lot of hate right now and the idea of developing is hated. Probably a good time to start developing, right? Because you'll pick up bargains, you'll be able to do that. And I will say we did pick up a bargain here. It was there. Um, however, the landscape of developing has changed and I no longer plan on actually developing that and seeing that project through to maturity. Um, 
the risks have increased since I bought the pros- property and I had discerned, uh, again, and this is an interesting story, someone actually reached out to us to buy the property office and offered to buy it at above our break-even. So that's, again, transaction costs, buyer's agent fees, all that stuff, we were able to, because uh, we hadn't held this property for terribly long, I should disclose as well. Um, they'd offered us an out. And because of some of the opportunities I'd seen elsewhere as well, this was another one of those moments where it's like, I think I'm going to use that borrowing power somewhere else. I'm doing a bit of a recalibration, right? I was going to say, this is a this is a two selling two properties out of a portfolio and taking the cash, like, Again, no one's ever going to be disappointed about taking profits out of anything. I do have to ask. Can I? Can I ask now? Which is like, what? What's the next step? What's the next move? No, or, you're going to listen to more episodes. <laughs> in my future plans. I'm not giving away this. That so you that do run a marketing company yet? Tell. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. Take taking the wins as you go, and I loosely know what's what's up. So I was to say, you know, right? Yeah, you don't totally. have to play dumb here. I'm not going to like. We- <laughs> I'm literally, uh, this is what's known as like uh, bait in marketing because yes. I want you to listen to more episodes of the podcast. All right, that's that's what's going on here. But anyway, what's happening with you in investing, Grant? Share with the audience. All right. So I believe uh, just before we took a, do we call it a hiatus, a break or whatever? Sabbatical? A sabbatical. Before we took a sabbatical, um, we were, Hazel and I were looking at buying a PPR and then you and I went rampant <laughs> on building the agency and they kind of got put on hold for a bit. And then I looked back into buying a PPR and you and I had quite a few fun conversations of my Saturdays being all consumed of looking at properties in Bayside, Melbourne. Yeah, we should say a PPR is a principal place of residence just yes. for anyone who doesn't know the lingo. That's a good point. So a, a house for Hazel and I to live in. And we were looking like Bayside of Melbourne and you and I were sharing a lot of realestate.com.au links and I was going to way too many auctions, way too many open for inspections, talking to way too many building and pests. Even got a structural engineer out to one who was looking at a property and it just got to a point where it was consuming too much of my time based on what you and I were doing in business as well as the copious amounts of golf that we've been playing, which we should mention as well. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> there's, there's not too much golf you can play. And yeah, no, I, I was actually impacting things that like, like I was not relaxing enough. I was not doing um, the week. I was not having the weekends that I wish I was having is probably a better way for me to put it. And you and I actually had a really good conversation, which was like, well, why don't I just go and get a buyer's agent to go and do that for me? Um, and so that's literally what I did. As an organized buyer's agent, uh, very hot off the press kind of news. So they're out there looking for a property for me now and yeah, buying a Great decision in my mind. I don't think buyer's agents are just for investment properties. I think it's a for a PPR, an even better thing because it's a crucial living decision. You want to be thorough on this. Completely. And because I want to have a lens of some kind of investment view, uh, whether it's a block size, whether it's the location, whether it's whatever it is. I just know someone who does this day in a day out, Monday to Sunday, every single week, just has a better lens than I do, especially in the area that I want to buy in. So that's well, been I, some really interesting news. I stand by your role is to go earn the money to pay for the thing, find the thing, right? <laughs> and I, re- I still remember I was walking through one house um, just before I went to Europe, and I think I sent you a voice message. I'm like, dude, I'm like, okay. I'm just so 
over looking at all these properties. They all bloody look the same. They've all got the same problems. They've all got <laughs> I'm just like I'm done. Like this is just this is such a waste of my time. So that is where we're at now. It's uh sit on my hands and wait until people feed me back some good properties for me to have a look at. Well, I'm sure well, I know we're gonna share more as it comes out. Right? So that will be with us here. Definitely. So that, that's the uh, investing front from there, but you've already brought it up once. We need to bring up it again. Golf. <laughs> I'm like, I'm surprised that we're like 30 minutes in and we haven't even brought up golf yet. <laughs> I've been resisting the whole time. <laughs> it's just like, oh dear gosh. So Charlie, have you been playing much golf at all? No, not really. I don't know. Have you ever tried to swing a golf club before? Dude, we hit our goal. We broke our handicap goals for the year. Way too quick. I don't know if way too quick is the phrase I would use, but we're getting better. It was like four months before we thought. So calling a spade a spade, playing golf, right, you have a handicap. And Charlie and I set just a handicap goal that was not aggressive. It was not 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 aggressive, I should say. But then we, as we went on a sabbatical, we increased the volume of golf that we were playing. And we wanted to hit this handicap by 31st of December and we're both going for the same goal. And we competed against our golf teacher in a game of golf and he took scores of everything. And he's like, guys, you've not just beaten your handicap goal, but you've crushed it four months prior to what you were trying to do. So now now I feel pressure to play to that handicap and I'm I'm just worried that it's only downhill from here. Golf is a very unforgiving sport. While you've been in Europe and I've been playing, I have felt a lot of pressure to play that handicap. But I don't want to make this about uh, golf, particularly on the podcast. We'll probably start a golf podcast. Just <laughs> one day. It's probably already there. <laughs> but damn, have I enjoyed being a beginner and going through the process of acquiring a skill again. Um, like golf is a sport where it's this really interesting idea of there's an aspect of like physical skill, but then there's also like emotional management and it has been so long since I've gone through an experience like that that it's actually been a great reminder on like how to learn something, like the student mindset, the acquisition of skill, the working on yourself and problem-solving things, um, which I think is very transferable to what we do in business and wealth, where I would actually encourage people, even if it's not golf, it might be running, cycling, or cooking, right, or even other sports, is like there is absolutely an aspect to having something like this in your life and it does have knock-on effects to improving business life, just all of it. Man, we can totally do an episode about like the the comparisons between golf and business because uh, it still fascinates me when we go and practice and we go to a place called a driving range where you just hit 100 balls and everybody's there hitting balls and you see people who have been playing golf for like 20-odd years and their form is so unorthodox and then they hit the ball so well that our golf teacher would be like, don't do that at all. But like they still get the same outcome, right? That they're looking for, and it's so similar to business, right? Everyone can get to the same outcome in an unorthodox way, but they'll still hit a, a ceiling where no, they need to rebuild and change how they do things in order for them to continue to progress, right? And it's also been really interesting seeing like yours and my growth and the speed of growth comparative to other people who have not been going through the lessons and doing the the reps that we have. And just going and seeing us seeing ourselves surpass them. Oh, you don't think I've, I have paid so much attention to that, Grant. It's like, uh, to set the context, Grant and I do a weekly golf lesson. And we also, so what do we do? We get a golf lesson every week and then we play maybe two times. Yep. 
right? So that's been our cadence for the whole year. And we've been incredibly consistent with that, I will say. And at the start of the year, there was people that had been playing a few years that um, were clearly better than us, I must say. But because they don't have peers encouraging them and, and you know, pressing them to be better, like every time we, we play, you would swear it's the Olympics. It is the Olympics. Do you remember the time that we bet each other and like we didn't talk for like two and a half hours? It was, ruthless. It was, so it was absolutely ruthless. <laughs> yeah, but like if that guy that has been playing for years doesn't have that type of pressure to improve and win, like of course we're going to win. Like totally. we're going to improve quicker. Then the second thing is like he doesn't have anyone who's watching him um, to tell him what he's doing wrong or what he's doing right so he knows what he can work on. Yeah. Where we're getting that feedback from, well, he's a golf professional, right? He's a master of the game. So for him to be able to give us feedback and us create feedback loops and grow from it, we're just flying past this guy now. So if you were to look at the trajectory of how we've improved at this versus someone who's tried to do it all themselves and like, you know, is just playing on their own, doesn't have a golf teacher, like doing it from there. This is just another example that leads perfectly into business. I back the business owner that's got a really strong peer group that pushes them and then also has mentors that are guiding them. Of course, they're going to win against the guy who's trying to win this or girl who's trying to win this without any of that type of support. And that's and that was the analogy that sits in the back of my mind, not an analogy, the comparison that sits in the back of my mind of just going, it's so applicable to what people are trying to do in business. <clears throat> so what does Q4 look like, Charlie? Again, jumping into Q4. All right. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a deep question. Or the next three months, I should say. Thank you. I feel like we should cover what people can get from the pod before we go there first. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. I'm just okay. jumping around. Just jumping we are. Around. This is uh, what it, it dusting the cobwebs off on this episode. Dude, my intro was on organized. point. This is all on you now. Though. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think, think to set the contacts from here, we're, we're back. We're going to do this regularly now. People can expect a regular episode from us again uh, from here. Are we, we going to commit to one a week? We are. That's okay. We're up. With the complete ability to just pull the rip call and, and do another sabbatical if Grant finds another opportunity. I was going to say, if, if you're traveling, I'm traveling, we, we'd be taking podcast mics. Like, this is on. Okay. So let the fans know there's more podcasts to come. That's going to be a big part of our Q4 is just getting back into recording and the rest of the things that uh, come from it in there. I, I would like to mention it here. We are going to be including uh, some more uh, business content on scaling. I think it is uh, imperative. Some of the things we've learned this year, that we're implementing in not only our own business and what we're doing with clients, I feel like we've got to get it out there. I feel like more business owners need to know how they can aggressively grow in this time if they uh, choose to. don't have to, but certainly options out there. All right, so that's what they can expect for the pod. I do feel like we should talk about Q4, though. I, I love what you put in there. And there's also some better – we will also continue diving into investing and everything like that as well. On the back end of the so do we just say more of the same? More of the same, more of the same, just a bit deeper. Awesome, I like that. All right, Q4, let's talk about it. What are you focusing on for the rest of the year, Grant? All right, so interesting enough, continue scaling the agency. Surprise, surprise, every day I get pings from Charlie going, so uh, capacity, yeah? <laughs> so yes, that's what I, I know myself and you are going to be focusing heavy in on. It's going to I think be we should heavy. make some podcasts on that as well. Actually, I- that's another point. Yeah, like if you are trying to scale a business aggressively, it's not just the marketing and sales, like having the infrastructure, the team, the recruiting, the systems, everything that goes into that on the other side. Like it's not all one. Maybe if you're an info and you sell a PDF that doesn't have any delivery, it might be different. But scaling a a service business um, is a lot in that. And I've learned a lot this year from doing it again. Huge. 
Uh, and then in addition to scaling it out, and definitely going to cover that on the podcast, um, a, a, quite a bit more of a focus on, I hate the term, I hate the phrase, the lifestyle design, the mixing the lifestyle into business and into investing. Because uh, I just don't think they're mutually exclusive. And I think that now that we have stepped into this new season of business, we need to redefine how we incorporate our lifestyle into what we're doing in business. And I think the Q4 is always a good way to structure that because you've got Christmas coming up, New Year's coming up. Um, but also, what, as we try to redefine what the new norm is for us in business, et cetera, we also have to then redefine what that means for us in life outside of business. And so that's a big focus for me is going, how do I support that at the same time? Uh, spoken like a man who's been doing 80 hour weeks recruiting <laughs> and training stuff. <laughs> Could I get much more corporate? Do you want me to send you a PDF about it too? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, then you can take the third point. All right. So uh, for me, right, I'm going to, you know, you've done it for you. For me, big goals are Q4. Uh, absolutely continuing to grow the agency. I'm having far too much fun doing it, number one. Uh, but number two is like this is a wave that's going to continue and I want to uh, take advantage of that. But I think at times when you know you're in front of a good opportunity, you've got to double down and put some focus into it. Totally. You've got to make sure that that is a priority. Uh, that, that's really my big one. Number two is and I don't want to I don't want to give too much away about this because as I've kind of said I want to put it into a future episode. I deliberately didn't mention it because I'm putting it on you to see how much you give away. <laughs> I like it. Can I I'm gonna frame it up in this way. We're making some new investments. There's things going on in the background now. I don't want to give away too much because well one, some of it isn't completed. And two is I think we need a whole episode on unpacking the reasons why and how potentially this can fit into other people's lives. I like it. I'm going to wrap it up on that. I think that's perfect. That was such a good cliffhanger. All right. If you're listening to this and you're like, damn, I need to understand a little bit more about golf analogies as well as exactly what you guys are talking about and the cryptic message that Charlie had, as well as a bit more about business and investing. I got something for you. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your name and email and we'll notify you every single time we drop one of these podcast episodes. Just want to say thank you very much for joining us and we'll catch you on the next episode of Business and Investing.